Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome back to another episode of the Career Contessa podcast, your shortcut to being more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. I'm your host, Lauren McGoodwin, and today is all about that very important job search tool, your resume. With so much uncertainty in the labor market, news of layoffs, and maybe just wanting 2023 to be the year of a new career for you, it's a smart move to have an impressive resume ready to send whenever a job opportunity comes across your desk. To help you prepare, I'm sharing five resume trends that will take hold in 2023 and how you can apply them. And now this is the Career Contessa podcast. Hey everyone, it's Aaliyah from the CC team back in the interviewer's seat. And if you've ever found a job you wanted to apply to, it was probably quickly followed up by the questions of number one, can I even find my resume? And number two, is my resume good enough? And as a former recruiter and a person who actually loves talking about resumes, Lauren is here to share five trends to consider in 2023 and how you can leverage them to succeed no matter what this year throws your way. So Lauren, can we start with what's happening in the job market in this crazy 2023 year? (laughs) Yeah, no, I think that's a great place to start. And I'll be honest that the data is a bit scary and it's not just the data. I think it's also the news headlines. I feel like every day it's news about layoffs and, you know, in December. Okay. So again, this is data that I'm going to read from you. It's from resumebuilder.com. They surveyed a thousand people and I just want every, I just want to like everyone to brace because it's not going to be pretty. They surveyed a thousand business leaders to understand how employment in their organizations has fared in 2022. And then most importantly, their outlook for 2023. Here were some of the key findings. 61% of business leaders say their organizations will likely have layoffs in 2023. So if you're not thinking about a layoff, you might want to at least have that in the back of your mind. 57% of business leaders who say layoffs are likely estimate that 30% or more of their workforce will be laid off. So I think people are kind of going to do the thing where if they're going to do layoffs, they're going to do just a big chunk at once. 70% of companies are likely to implement a hiring freeze in 2023. 34% say their organizations are reducing or eliminating holiday gifts or bonuses this year. That's a 27% reduced amount for salaries of current employees. 79% of business leaders say they are likely to fire quote unquote, quiet quitters. 74% of business leaders agree it will be easier to fire poor performers next year due to employees losing bargaining power. So 
you know, what this tells us. Pretty that, brutal. <laughs> yeah, it's really brutal. And that's why I was like, no one come at me for this advice. <laughs> this, you know, I, and I, to be honest, I kind of wanted to find the scary data because I do feel like we are constantly in this like uncertainty. And I think this data tells you that a lot of people are going to be preparing for the worst. And so I think if you're not feeling this push already to kind of be doing that on your end, maybe it's a good idea to do it. And also what this does tell us is that if you are laid off, that there are going to be open jobs out there, but that it's going to be very competitive. And the other thing that it tells us is that if you are a low performer, you're in jeopardy of losing your job first. So those are two things to be thinking about. One is if you've been laid off or you're going to get laid off, it's going to be very competitive. We're going to have all of a sudden a ton of job searchers in the job market. And if you're a low performer, then like, to be honest, you should probably start your job search a lot earlier. And I think this is important because we haven't seen an overly competitive job market in a very long time. I think there was this time right after COVID or almost like during COVID where I felt like you could sneeze and a job offer would like, you know, come out of you with, you know, tons of great benefits and a great salary and all that. The funny thing I did hear on a recent podcast, I can't remember which one, but someone was saying that this seems all really bad, but the job market is still, I think, better than it was in 2019. So like there's good news here. I think we're just coming off of these all like we've had these pendulum swings. There's all these extremes, but certainly news of layoffs, news of hiring freezes, news of people basically not giving, you know, tons of bonuses, holiday gifts, or even potentially reducing salaries are not things that we want to hear. And you know, to protect yourself from the unknown, I've been saying this for a long time, but it's sort of quote unquote, always be job searching. So it's a great idea to have a resume ready so that you can share it when you're networking or when you are passively job searching, or of course, when you want to formally apply. A lot of times people will put off making a resume because it's not exactly the most fun thing. But I can tell you that once you have a great resume, my advice is to always have a master resume. So this resume that kind of shares all your experience, that looks great, is formatted correctly, all that good stuff. And then once you find a very specific job and company that you want to apply for, you can tailor that master resume. So you can move quicker, right? Because oftentimes people will find the job first and then rush to make a resume. And, you know, it's just nice to be much more proactive. Like I said, whether you are passively job searching, once you are actively job searching, you just feel a little bit more anxiety and a little bit more pressure along the way. So we are, you know, we want to be prepared for this competitive job market that's coming our way. So on that note, what's the first resume trend of this year of 2023 that you think people should consider moving forward? Yes, absolutely. So the first resume trend I want to talk about is make sure your resume addresses specific pain points. And, you know, what that means is that, you know, if we were to survey CEOs and we ask them, what are you worried about, right? What are the critical issues or the pain points in your life? Let's think about some of the obvious things, probably growth, right? So CEOs want to see their companies grow and they're probably seeing 2023 as a really tough year for business. So I want you to try to demonstrate how you can drive growth, even in a slow or down economy. That means sharing quantified growth stories at the top of your accomplishment bullets. That means when you get to even that phone interview process, you talk about how you were able to take something that maybe had the odds stacked against it and you were able to grow it or you were able to kind of persevere. So growth is a pain point. Talent retention. That's another thing that CEOs are actually worried about, which I know sounds weird. That's like they're letting people go, but they also want to retain the talent. Yes, that is actually a big thing. I was just working with a company the other day and one of their 
company goals is employee engagement and retention. So it's like, yes, they're going to lay off some people or not hire as many, but then it means the talent that they do keep, they really want to retain them. So that would be maybe another pain point that you could include. You might be able to share, you know, if you were a manager, your retention rate of your team, or maybe you want to highlight the fact that you have stayed at a company for X amount of years, or you haven't job hopped as much, you know, I think another obvious one would be technology. You know, we've seen a lot of companies recently kind of adopt new technology. And so whether that is, you know, some sort of remote collaboration technology or something like that, that might be a pain point they're having is how do we, how do we continue to adopt new technology and integrate it into our teams and have this collaboration? So those are just like some, you know, top of mind pain points. But the idea here is that when you are thinking about what to put in those bullet points for your resume, first think about, okay, what do I want to address that's going to make them stop and say, wow, that is a person who's solving our exact problem. It's like they read our mind. And and that's why I want you to think about, okay, this job and this company, what are their pain points? Or they might even address those in the job description, which of course we've talked a lot about on the show. The job description is really this like key of telling you a ton of information about it you know what, we should link to that free resource we have about how to read a job posting. Mm -hmm. So we'll link to that in the show notes because you guys, we have a whole worksheet that will guide you on how to find these clues in a job description. Yeah. It's such a hack. Maybe you should, everyone should just put that they know how to AI proof their company and then that'll get them hired. (laughs) Yeah. Just write AI on your resume. Then you're done. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's never too late to explore new career options. If you're not happy with your job, it's time to make a change. That's why I want to tell you about Sabio's Coding Bootcamp. Sabio helps students launch their career in tech and build the life they've always wanted at a fraction of the cost and time it takes to get a college degree. Sabio believes that a coding bootcamp should be a transformative experience. In just 17 weeks of remote learning, you'll graduate with the skills to start a real full-time job in tech. Finding a job is built into the program, and there are so many roles you can go into, like UX designer, software engineer, even social media tech jobs. Their alumni are working at companies like Amazon, Microsoft, Google, and more. The fact that finding a job is built into the program is so nice because it takes a little bit of that stress from, you know, finding that first job right outside of school or, you know, you just took a course and now you don't know what to do. But Sabio guides you and helps you actually find that first job. Plus, Sabio is such an affordable option. They even offer a woman in tech scholarship with $2,500 off the total cost of tuition. Take your career in a new direction with Sabio. Visit our special URL, sabio.la slash Contessa, to learn how you can qualify for a $2,500 Women in Tech scholarship. That's sabio.la slash Contessa. Don't wait. Go to sabio.la slash Contessa today to learn more. This is Amanda Hirsch from the Not Skinny But Not Fat podcast. You might know me from Not Skinny But Not Fat on Instagram, where I spend my time talking about reality TV, celebrities, everything happening, and pop culture every Tuesday, okay? I also talk to some of our favorite celebs and reality TV stars. We talk about what's going on. Tune in every Tuesday and just feel like you're talking with your best friends in your living room. Okay. So what's the next resume trend of 2023 that we need to consider? 
Okay. So the next one you want to consider is to include your impact and not just your accomplishments in your bullet points. So for years, I was all about, don't tell me your responsibilities in your bullet points, but tell me what your accomplishments were, right? So I don't really care that you were hired to show up every day at 9am. That was a responsibility. You did it. I want to know what did you accomplish once you got there? So now there's sort of this new twist, which is to include your impact. And I think this is just really like a natural progression. I think people have been, you know, again, like for many years, we've been telling people to add accomplishments to their resume. Now we want to really emphasize that candidates can quantify those accomplishments in the year ahead. Decision makers will want to understand the impact of that given achievement. So for example, collected 30% of past due accounts receivable, but the impact statement would be, you know, collected 30% of past due accounts receivable, which enabled a million dollars, a cash in the account that allowed us to do whatever, whatever, whatever. I'm I like literally insane these things off the top of my head, but it's kind of like, okay, your accomplishment was that you were able to do this thing in a short amount of time or whatever it is, but why was that important, right? What was the impact of that, that your action had on it? So that's just a difference between we have responsibilities, which are like the bare minimum. We have your accomplishments. And now we want to know the impact that your accomplishment had. And if you can kind of follow this formula when you are writing your bullet points, so sort of like, what did you do? How did you do it? Like, what was the tool that you use? And what was the outcome? Now think of it as like outcome slash the impact of, of what it had for or what it did for the company. Right. And also just shows that you have like a macro understanding of a company's goals. Yes. I think sometimes people don't. <laughs> And it's a really And I will tell you, like when people like bullshit their way through these bullet points and write really impressive bullet points, and then you ask them a question like that, like, Mm -hmm. oh, tell me about the impact. So even if you you wrote accomplishments and you didn't put the impact of them, but I ask you about the accomplishment and you really can't tell me what the impact it had or why it was important, it comes across like there's something missing here. Like, yeah, you wrote the impressive thing, but I'm not believing it, you know? And so to Mm -hmm. your point, it's it's like you're able to explain the problem so well that like you had to have been deeply involved in this. You can't kind of bullshit your way through those bullet points when you are sharing impact also, I think. Right. So what's the third resume trend for 2023? Okay. So this, <laughs> this is another one of like, I want you to show me instead of just tell me, which is show proof of your skills. We <laughs> as recruiters and also just people who are trying to find and keep employees, they know, okay, there's a, a you know a variety of type of skills that we need you to have in order to, you know, grow within our organization or just be successful in here. And I think, and I, and I'm guilty of this too, is like, obviously like a job search engine, like LinkedIn is going to advocate a lot for skills or like keywords, right? So we, we use skills and keywords. We kind of throw them around and we throw them all over our resumes and our LinkedIn profiles. But now that means that the hiring decision makers have become a little bit skeptical about applicants' skills and or like the claims that they have on their resume. So what, what can you do? First, you need to identify like I would say the top three to five most critical skills that are required for the job. This is another example of like I would rather you tell me less, like have less bullet points, but have more impact with those bullet points. I would rather you give me a shorter list of skills, but the list of skills are like the top five or top three that are the most important to us. So start by 
identifying what are the most critical skills required for the job, which again, you can probably pick up from the job posting. Then you can include proof of how you use those skills into those bullet points. So remember I was telling you that the formula sort of for your bullet points should be like what you did, how you did it, like what what skill did you use? What software program did you use? Like, what is it that you did? So this is the bullet point is where you're able to show proof of how that skill helped you, you know, create that accomplishment or that impact. And if you can't do that, see if you can earn a certificate or demonstrate a baseline of competency where you can show literal proof of that. So the nice thing is like, for example, if you take a career contest online course, we give you a certificate at the end that shows proof that you actually did learn this thing and you have that skill set. So that's another thing. Whereas like LinkedIn skills, you know, Aliyah, you and I can write down every skill we want to and nobody comes and questions mm-hmm. us. And then I think hiring for skills is going to also increase. But like I said, the days where you just like scatter skills all over your LinkedIn and your resume are are just going to mean less. And, and so the people, again, in a competitive job market, you want to be the person who has got that different looking resume for all the right reasons. And you're the person who is really backing up with proof what you say you're doing in your bullet points and your skill sets in those those lists of skills and softwares usually on the side somewhere. Do you have tips for showing like soft skills? Because obviously if you put, you know, like Adobe Photoshop yeah. and then you say like, I, you know, executed these campaigns using the Adobe suite, but with soft skills, I feel like, I don't know, even it, it looks funny to like read, like I'm, I was reviewing like my fiance's resume the other day and he's like a sound engineer. And so he had like logic x like all of these things and then it's yeah. just like communication or like and it feels so out of place sometimes but i know it's you know obviously equally probably even more important to just be like a good person to work with but how would you like translate that sort of more soft skills into those like proof bullet points yeah and the it's funny cuz the soft skills people always think they definitely have too yeah. right and yeah, so like like good listener and you're like well how yeah. are you going to show proof of good listening so a, a good example would be like someone who wants to say that they're really organized, right? That's mm-hmm. a, a, a quote unquote soft skill or people skill. So your bullet point could be like highly organized individual and like haven't missed a deadline ever or like so it shows that you're organized because a really scattered person probably would miss a deadline or so that's kind of proof or like, for example, I remember when I was a exec administrative assistant, I used to use this example a lot where I'd be like, you know, responded to email correspondences within a 24 hour period. So I'm claiming that I'm organized or that I, you know, am a good communicator, but now I'm showing you in the proof of like, I respond to emails timely, efficiently, it's organized. You know, if you had something where you had any surveys or something like that, if you like worked in HR, it'd be like, you know, prioritize people first management. And then you could be like something about like the managers have received a surveyed and got like a 90% approval rating. So like one thing can kind of like, it's basically like if a person said, show me the proof that you're a good communicator, what would you come up with? And then of course, maybe take that and finesse it a little bit better to make it work for a bullet point on a resume. But it, it's kind of like, I think sometimes with resumes too, you can overthink it. Like you can like simple is sometimes better. I don't need as many crazy, amazing, fancy words. Like sometimes it's just like, I'm a great communicator because, you know, I'm a sound engineer and I manage 10 shows at once. And they always, you know, every time, like we've released Mm -hmm. 
10 new shows every single week and they always sound great or whatever. You know, it doesn't have to be more complicated than that. Yeah. And and then it seems like you can also just use bullet points to show both soft and hard skills in one bullet point. So like having, you know, showing that you're a problem solver, like create a new data set system for X software or like using X so it can just overlap. And you'll know, again, if you use this job description as your key, you will know what are the critical skills in there. They might not be telling you in the job description that, you know, listening is a critical Mm -hmm. skill or communicating is a critical skill. That's maybe something that they would love to have, of course, but maybe you you don't even have to focus on that because, you know, they, they don't tell you that they're looking for that. It's not that I wouldn't I wouldn't include those things. It's just that I would definitely use the bullet points to give that show proof piece to the skills that they are saying are critical in the job description. Okay. So moving on to our fourth trend, what do you think the next resume trend we should consider is? I think simple formatting, simple fonts, like I said, simple descriptions or those bullet points. I think that, (laughs) so I'm not really sure how this happened, but I'm seeing more and more like very designy resumes that I've yes. ever seen before. And I don't know if it's an Etsy thing, a Pinterest thing, I think a, it's Canva a Canva thing. Yeah. I think it's a Canva thing because <laughs> when I was reviewing my fiance's resume, I was like, you can just use like Canva or something. Like that's like the first like yeah. sort of thing. And then like the the ones he was downloading, I was like, no, stop. Like, let me just yeah. like, yeah. let me clean this up. We don't need like this blue header that's like, three different shades and it was, yes. I was like I was scrolling down and it honestly gave me appreciation for our resume templates that we have because ours are just like so straightforward but they look nice and like neat yeah you should give him one of that's ours that's the key point is like <laughs> neat because like I was going through camp and I like granted didn't scroll that long but there was like people love to do like a full headshot that yeah takes the up, photo like you know a huge portion like a third of the page it feels like and the the funny so again like these tools have made it so easy to do that but mm-hmm. people on the other end don't like that and then the other thing that kind of kills me is like applicant tracking systems do Won't not read it yeah they don't read it and so please like simple is better i'm not saying that you have to use times new roman and just yeah. like one column like i actually really love a two column resume and i know not everyone's on that same page but the reason why i like to explain this is like Imagine if you were tasked with looking at a hundred resumes in a day, the resume that is like size seven font and like in a cursive or has lots of colors, like you can't find the important information fast enough, right? Your attention is being taken away from whatever it is that you're looking at. So I'm a big fan of the two column because I like on the left column for you to left align your positions, your bullet points, all that stuff. And then I like the right column to really easily organize like what are your top skills, your software, education, like those little sections. But if you want to do a one column, that's fine. You know, the way I look at it and what I teach in like our resume course is your most important information should be at the top. A lot of times that's your experience. If you're a new grad, it might be, you know, your university or your education portion, but your most important information should be at the top. Reverse chronological order. That means the thing that you've done most recently is up at the top. Because as a recruiter or the person looking at resumes, which I know it's not always a recruiter, they're they're spending like max six seconds on this. So get a brand new person who's never looked at your resume to look at it before and ask them what's the very first thing that caught your eye. And then yeah, it's if it's this blue bright colored thing up at the top that says his name, 
we love mm-hmm. that that's his name, but that's yeah. not what's going to get him the job, you know, or your photo, right? And also a lot of times these can just show how outdated you are mm-hmm. if you have like that kind of stuff. Now, if, if they ask for your photo in the resume, then yeah, of course do it. But I don't even think they're, but that's I don't a even red think flag. that's legal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's a red, a red flag. flag. <laughs> I don't know about that whole thing. Just so I just, and, and then the other thing I see a lot when I get resumes is like, the language and the bullet points, first of all, it's like four sentences long, but it's one sentence. And then it's so much jargon and so many big words. And like I said earlier, like, please just keep it simple. You can sound impressive without having to have this very long run on sentence with all these big vocabulary words, right? Like I I really think that people think that to stand out, they have to do a little bit of that jargon. And I think the person on the other end will actually really appreciate that you can be concise. Another thing to think about when you're thinking about that is like, what a skill that is that you're able to take maybe this like Mm -hmm. kind of complex or like longer explanation and put it in simple terms. Cause that's the way people like to communicate at work and emails over your instant messaging thing or whatever it is like that. So it's actually, you're again, showing proof of that skill just in that resume too. Yeah. Explain it to someone like they're five years old, but then put a professional mask over it. And then it's perfect. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right. So what's our fifth and final resume trend of 2023? Yeah. You have this opportunity as a new, as a job searcher in 2023 to use new technology to your advantage. So there's this thing I, I think called job scan, which is a website that I'm pretty sure will scan like your resume to a job description. Don't quote me on this, but I know someone on the show, I think Jenny, one of our career coaches has recommended that one before chat GPT. If you guys have not heard about this recently, it's one of the most powerful language AI models to date. And it could help answer job seeker questions like what's the biggest issue facing the CEO of Disney? You know what I mean? And it could give you, you could just like use the answers that it gives you to help you kind of come up with maybe even ideas to answer or to prep for job interview questions if you want to. Anyway, chat GPT, job scan. There's also this thing called Rewordify, which uses, it's a tool that enables users to insert a job posting and then find the most relevant keywords for your resume. So that's kind of, kind of sounds like another one like job scan, but there's, again, there's so many easy ways to do it. And there's so many tools like that and technology and then LinkedIn career explorer. So you can give career explorer a job title and it will return a list of relevant skills for the job. And I think they have like over 6,000 jobs in the database. So the odds of whatever job title that you put in there, it's going to come up with something. If if the job title you have is like beyond unique, find something that's less, <laughs> less unique in the name of it, but like same idea. So you can use these tools to help you determine, okay, key skills, key words. You can use our free downloadable resource that teaches you how to read a job posting and really pull the most important pieces of information out chat GBT. You could just ask it a ton of different questions related to your resume and it will save you some time and energy with that. I would also potentially use it as like a way to give yourself some interview prep. So these are all great free tools that you have that didn't exist before. Pros and cons to this is that it just makes the job markets or the application process and the interview process a little bit more competitive because like Other people are going to be using these tools also. But that's why I think if your main takeaway from this for the 2023 resume trend, your main takeaway should be that wherever and however you can show proof of something, do it. And it doesn't have to be hard and complicated. 
And also I should mention our course because I mentioned it slightly earlier, but we do also have a great online course at Career Contessa called the 24 hour resume makeover. And that has a great like kind of step by step guidance. And also the resume templates come with it. And yeah, they're good. (laughs) they're not they're not like you know like they look good and neat and they're not over the top and you just can easily plug in and there's like five of them in there so if you want one column two column if you want one that is like the most basic form if you want one with a little bit of color like we don't even allow Mm -hmm. you to go overboard with them okay so not only does the course come with these templates but we'll also show you step by step how to fill out each section the whole point is that you have a new resume in less than 24 hours. That's that's why the course is called the 24-hour resume makeover. And when you enroll, you get lifetime access. So a lot of people do this thing, Aaliyah, like when's the last time your fiance made a resume? Truly a year ago, probably, or more. Okay. A year or more ago. That's yeah. like actually fairly recent. Sometimes I talk to people and they're like, oh, it's been five to seven years or whatever, because maybe maybe somewhere in there they found a job or got a promotion or something, but mm-hmm. they haven't made one in a very long time. And so the other cool thing about the course is like you get this lifetime enrollment. So later on when you need to create a brand new resume again, you can. And I'm, I'm just telling you, please don't do the thing where you like copy and paste the bullet points of your job description and just use that as your bullet points. Like that is what I'm talking about when I say people just list responsibilities versus accomplishments and impact. So it really pays, I think, to spend some time creating this master template that then you can tailor each time. And yes, now that you have it, you should be able to keep it up. And and, and it will help you also with your LinkedIn as well, because recruiters also use LinkedIn a lot, which will also link to, we had a great episode about how to optimize your LinkedIn profile. So we will also put that in the show notes because you're going to need both of those depending, you know, no matter what you're doing for your job search, even if you're passively job searching, LinkedIn is, yeah. is that great tool for that. Yeah. And I think some of the most positive feedback we've gotten from the resume course specifically is that they're just like the rate at which they get responses really increases, which is nice because that's something you can actually track. I mean, whether you get the job, there's still so much that goes into that and so much that is out of your control. But getting an increase in responses is at least like this tangible thing where you're like, okay, before I didn't have this many responses and now I do. So that's really nice to hear all the time. I completely agree. And my hope for all of us is like, if the job market is going to be competitive, you are armed, you are ready to go, you know what to do, because this is absolutely in your control. So, you know, be proactive, be in the driver's seat. You absolutely can be. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Career Contestant Podcast. You already know what I'm going to ask, which is to please consider rating and reviewing our show. It really helps us grow and get discovered by new listeners. Lastly, I want to remind you all that you can subscribe to this podcast to get weekly career advice. You can sign up for our newsletter. That's also in the show notes. And then, of course, we're going to link to how to read a job posting, which is our free downloadable resource in the show notes, our course, the 24-hour resume makeover, and we linked to our past link. LinkedIn profile optimization episode. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.